Hey, welcome to Vine Church Fort Myers podcast. We are glad that you took time to listen. We pray that the message of grace empowers you today. Oil off our hearts to receive the powerful word of God. Father, move in this room. Move as the sound of my voice reaches whoever is watching or listening. And let this word, God, be seeds of faith that will spring up conquests, new grounds, new doors, open doors. Father, new connections. You are powerful to do that. The only thing you are looking for is our faith. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that this word, the source of faith, can produce that, can create that in our hearts tonight. As we step in 2022, the year of acceleration, we're going to see things taking place in a shortened time. We believe in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. This is not in the script that I prepared, so I'm sorry I do. Romans chapter 4, Romans chapter 4, verse 20. The Bible says that Abraham, he looked to his physical limitations and he realized, I cannot bear a son. I don't have uh, strength. I don't have health. I don't have ways to generate a son. But God said, God gave me a word that I will be a father of a great nation. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 4, verse 20, No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. Say promise of God. The only thing we need is a promise of God. And my expectations in the next few weeks that we're going to be in this first fruit moment, in this first moments of 2022, you acquire these promises of God that you hold firm with faith. But he grew strong in his faith. Now, here's the key. How did Abraham grow strong in his faith? Read it with me. What did Abraham do? What did he do? He gave what? Come on, guys. Read it in the back. What did Abraham do to grow in faith? He gave glory to God. Can I hear any glory to God in the house? Come on. Can I hear any praises? Now, this is definitely one of the aspects. Today, as I was preparing this message, I, I text some of you guys. You receive a text message, personal text message from me. But the disciples, I send one specific message. I send them a word that they only going to get out of this discouragement, depressing, this feeling of burden. And, and they are dragging something that is pushing them down if they believe, if they grow in faith. But the way to do it is praising God, is glorifying God. But if you have the... Uh, 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 the cross-reference that I have is called strong cross-reference. And you click the word uh, glory to God. The expression you find there is, is to have a good value about God. In other words, you have a good image about God. You look to God and you're not expecting punishment. You're looking to God and you're not expecting God uh, 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 teasing you, preparing worse things for you. No, no, no. You are, you are blessed already. 
No, when you give glory to God, it means that you have a right image about God, that God is good, that God is crazy to prosper you, that as a good, uh, uh, rich, abundant God and Father, He wants your prosperity, your health, your strength. He, he wants your success. It is His pleasure to make you succeed in everything you lay your hands. Come on, let me hear good praise God in this house because this is how we grow in faith. All right. So I call this message today that the small things, the time of small things, it's over in your life. Can you say this to the neighbor? Say the time of small things, it's over. Just say this. It is the end of small things. This is another word I have for you. We are called to greatness. God is calling us to greatness. And I know that greatness is achieved in processes with uh, the normal timing of things. However, when the favor of God comes upon us, things are accelerated. Amos chapter 9, verse 13. We're going to go in this verse many times in the next uh, six to seven messages we're going to be sharing here. Amos Amos chapter 9, verse 13. Am I saying right, Amos? Amos. Amos. Amos chapter 9, verse 13. Behold. Say to your neighbor, behold. Get, get, get ready. Check it out. Look, get ready. Behold. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper. So the guy that is preparing the soil... Pay attention. The guy that is grinding the soil, that is making the holes for the seed, will be taken, overtaken by the reaper. What? How? And the trader of grapes, him who sows the seed. How is this even possible? The guy that sells the grapes will reach the guy that is sowing the first seeds of the grape. And there's more. The mountains shall drip sweet wine, and all the hills shall flow with it. Wow. So the Bible is saying that there is a time that is coming that time will be shortened. That the guy that was preparing the soil will be overtaken by the guy that is reaping already. It is the time of God. Days are coming that God will shorten opportunities for you. And it's interesting because we see a glimpse of that in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 1... Jesus asked the disciples after his reason to wait in Jerusalem until the Spirit was going to come upon them. So the disciples go to this upper room and they pray in order to wait for that promise. Maybe you don't know this story, but Jesus walked, risen and resurrected for about 40 days among the disciples, he was showing up 
in about 40 days with his risen body. After 40 days, he's ascended to heaven and he gives this direction. He says, wait in Jerusalem until the promise will come. Do you guys know the day that the promise came? Anybody knows the name of the day that the promise came? The day of Pentecost, which means 50 days after the Easter. So Jesus walked resurrected 40 days. How long did the disciples wait for the promise? Is with me here? 10 days. No, so I see right now in your the tiredness taking over you, that in the first day, there were a group that was super excited because they just saw Jesus ascended to heaven. The second day, nothing happened, but they kept praying. Third day, fourth, seventh day. Come on, man, seven days praying, nothing happened. What's going on? What we're waiting for? There was the apostle saying, look, we just need to obey Jesus. He asked us to keep praying. Let's keep praying. Let's persevere. And for 10 days, they were praying. Nine days, probably just a small group. Maybe they started with a group of 300, 400. But now there were only 120. But on the 10th day, on the day of Pentecost, it was the pouring out of the Spirit upon the disciples. You guys remember that story? This is Acts chapter 2. The whole group of disciples is filled with the Holy Spirit and thousands of people are baptized. Now, the day of Pentecost is actually the Pentecost of the Jews. It's the Pentecost of only Jewish people receive the Holy Spirit. Now, we then keep reading the book of Acts and we notice something different when the Holy Spirit will come upon Cornelius. Cornelius is the first known Jew to be saved officially. There were somebody else, but like officially in the story, the record proves that Cornelius was, was the first one. He was a Latin. He was a Roman. And the Bible says that while Peter, in Acts chapter 10, was preaching the gospel, Acts chapter 10, verse 44... While Peter was still preaching the gospel, what happened? The Holy Spirit did not wait 10 days. God shortened the time. And the Spirit of God came at once upon that family that believed. So I don't know about you. You can wait your Pentecost with 50 days but the Holy Spirit is just waiting for you to believe in the word that is being preached. And the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you as you hear the word of God. And before maybe I finish the year of 2021, some of you guys will become a life group leader. And you didn't even pass through the whole process. Maybe before even the year begins and the season of your small group starts... You already having this burden to open your house and says, I just want to start a group in my house. I don't know what's going on. Look, today a person came to me, a person that is only participating on our services and small groups online. This person doesn't have the opportunity to be here in person because it leaves, uh, she lives in another uh, place and she cannot be in person with us. 
But today I talked with that person. And the first thing she decided to talk to me was, I want to get baptized. I said, but there was no process. There was no teaching. There was no encouragement. No, no, I want to get baptized. Would you get baptize me? I don't want to waste any more time. When God shortened times, this is what it happens. Now, remember, God is never in haste. God is never anxious about time. He's always in the right time. However, the Bible tells us that regarding salvation and to fill up his people with the Holy Spirit, he does not respect the boundaries of time. Let's read it again. Amos chapter 9, verse 13, but now in the New Living Translation. The Bible says, The time will come, says the Lord, when the grain and grapes will grow faster than they can be harvested. Then the terraced vineyards on the hills of Israel will drip with sweet wine. Now, I have to say something. I don't know if it's curious for you or not, but for me it is. Isn't that curious that a small, tiny country in the Palestine, in a very restricted and deprived of resources place like the Middle East, this tiny, weak country that is born in 1948 with less than 60 years of existence is one of the superpowers of the world. Do you guys agree with me? I'm talking about the country of Israel. And we, some of us Latinos, we Americans, with our 500 existence of civilization, we still carry the crumbs. How is this even possible? Somehow, Israel points to what it is a promise for us, the people of faith, the true Israel of God. We can enter in this shortened time. God works with promises. And we have to have an attitude of appropriation. But how do we take hold of the promises? We have to confess and believe. We have to believe and confess. Faith is only perceivable when you speak. And the problem is that when we decide to speak, some of us want to speak with the questions of how God will do things. If you wonder how God will turn water into wine, you're never going to find logic on this process. In May 2021, I had the chance to have one week of amazing time with my wife and also visiting Pastor John Wharton. That by this time, and if you guys remember, Pastor John was only visiting our church. I had one agenda in this trip. I want to invite him to be part of our church. And I made an official invitation to him. I made a formal invitation. So instead of just calling him, I went to his city and I seated with him and Kate and said, Pastor John, I want you to pray about it. And I want you to consider in the next two years of your life to offer these two years of your life to Vine Church. After two years, you can move on. You can choose another ministry because he is a retired, extremely wise and experienced pastor. And I said, 
what is the cost to ask? Two years of your life. And I said, yeah, I'm going to pray about this. So he moved to Fort Myers in September. And we finally had a conversation when he moved here. So I said, so pastor, what is your decision? He says, I really consider, I prayed about this possibility of making Vine Church a place for uh, my ministry. I just want to understand why you only ask for two years. Why not more than two years? I said, you can give the rest of your life with us. Thank you for waking up, everybody. <laughs> it was all, always scheduled, right, John? Thank you. And how this, how this, this, this happened, like how this connection happened, just the touch of God's favor. And I don't know if you guys remember this, but Pastor John, before we even started the, the capital campaign, he was one of the most radical donors for our capital campaign. I don't know if you guys remember this, but I want to make this public right now. He was the first one to donate for our capital campaign, and he donated $25,000 for our capital campaign. And I didn't ask for So, But I'm not, again, this connection, just by the grace of God, it happened. But why I was, this has nothing to do with my preaching. But anyway, so when I was visiting him there, me and my wife had a chance to understand the process of making wine. And in the wineries, we learned that it takes about 10 to 15 years to make a good wine. 10 to 15 years to you have the decent wine that goes to the market. But the paradox of God is to speed up processes in order to bring joy and manifest His signs. Now, why I'm using the word signs here is because in the book of John, when Jesus opened His ministry in John chapter 2, the Bible says that Jesus turned water into wine. He did not wait for 10 to 15 years. He turned as the vessels were being filled with water. He gave the order to His creation, the water, to become wine. And as anything created by God... And obedient more than us, water could not resist the command of its creator, and water became wine. And you know how the Bible calls this miracle? It's not a miracle. It's a sign. And it's important that you have these signs in your life, these landmarks that are going to point out, just like me and Tulio made it here, kind of joking, kind of laughing, because it's so surprising for us that left nothing us but laughter. We have nothing to do but to laugh about it because only God did what He has done among us, and we only can celebrate His name. But the secret is in the words of Jesus' mother. Mary said to the servants, do whatever He tells you. Again, let me say this. The only thing you need is the Word of God. The only thing you need is this prophetic insight, this promptness, this uh, impulse, this feeling, this dream place in your heart. Now, let me say something. 
if you're dreaming on helping others, if you're dreaming on preaching the gospel, if you're dreaming on being used by God in your family, if you're dreaming on being this powerful, anointed woman and man of God, don't think that this is from the devil. The devil doesn't want you to be used by God. You're never going to place in your heart and mind a desire to serve God, to be used by God. This is not from the devil. Actually, this is something that we need to stir up again. You know what I did after we finished the Narnia uh, series? I kept rereading the whole series of books. I highly recommended everyone in the house here to read the seven books of Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis because we're going to help you again to have imagination. And imagination is not a childish thing that should be kept in the drawer of toys for kids. Imagination is this feature, is this skill that God gave us to dream. To dream that your finances, your business, your family will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Your life will be used by God as a lamp in the top of the mountain. When God places these desires in your heart, it is because God wants to, you to appropriate and believe on them. The story of Joseph is the clear example of this. Joseph dreamed. He dreamed about 11 stars, sun and moon bowing before him. His family knew what he was talking about. And out of jealousy and envy, they sold him, his brothers, as a slave. We know the story. He ended up being sold to Potiphar, that after a time serving him, his wife, a very um, immoral woman, tried to get him to commit adultery with him, which is sad because this man of God had a dream, a dream given by God to be used by God to deliver his family. And unfortunately, a lot of Josephs are being are selling themselves for a few minutes of pleasure when God actually had destined them to sit in the throne of Egypt. But because they give in to the lowest of their desires, now they are delayed. They are late in the process of God when God, again, with a snap of a finger, could change the course of history because of your faithfulness. Coming back to the point... Joseph was now being mistreated in the prison. And the Bible says that for 13 years, 13 years, he was forgotten. But in one single day, as Joseph was waking up, shaving his beard as any other day, washing himself to prepare his busy day in prison as one of the auxiliary helpers, on the uh, prison manager. Hmm. On that day, with the touch of God's favor, he is left in the prison. He, he woke up in the prison, 
but he's left in the prime minister room. God shortened the time. There was no process. There was no academic skills. There was no uh, network that built up that process. It was God's favor. Now, maybe you are still wondering, Pastor, is this for me? I don't see this happening. Now, this is a problem because as children of God, as the true Israel of God, we should have this superpower, this super skill, or to use a biblical word, we should have a spiritual gift, the gift of discerning the times. Discerning the times is a gift that every child of God should have. The Bible says that among the tribes of Israel, each tribe had a specific skill, a specific power. Some of the tribes were extremely accurate when they used the slingshot, the main weapon that David introduced to his army. Others has the ability to write. They had the wisdom of Solomon uh, poured over them. But there was one specific tribe that has this special gift. The Bible says in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, of the tribe of Issachar, men who had, say with me, understanding, say understanding of times. You are of the tribe of Issachar. Say amen, everybody. You are of the, of the tribe of Issachar that discerns, understands the times. You know how to understand the change of seasons. So as a people that discerns the time, you are getting your faith ready for what the Lord has in store for you in 2022. You are not waiting you're already anticipating. It's different. You're not in the passive waiting. You have expectation. Now, there's a problem. When you, as a member of Issachar tribe, sleeps over and despise the time, you have the problem of David. The problem of ignoring the right times bring you terrible consequences. We know the story. David, in times of war, was sleeping, sleeping to the very end of the day, until one day he happened late one afternoon when he arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house, and because David was not discerning the time, he saw from the roof a woman Bathing. I'm reading 2 Samuel chapter 11. And the woman was very beautiful. And the rest is his story. We know what happened. Adultery. Pregnancy. Murder. Family strife. You and I are meant to discern the times. Now I want to invite you to stand up. Because... We are step. Come on, everybody, stand up. If somebody is sleeping beside you, say it's time to stand up, my brother. Wake up. Mm 
The devil wants to resist you. The devil wants you to miss the point, miss the train, miss the opportunity, miss the timing. And some here in this house, pay attention because I'm speaking to you, are dormant. You stopped to lead life groups year, two years ago. It's time for you to wake up again. Some couples in this house were meant to be in the tip of the arrow. But you are being resisted. You feel that the devil is pulling you backwards instead you moving forward. But the Lord is just telling you today that he is accumulating energy. And like a bow arrow system... That once it is pulled backwards, it only gets even more energy. The Lord is doing this with you today. Whatever you were resisting in 2021 will become energy, power, connections, open doors, opportunities. Right people will come in the right place in the right time for you. But you have to discern the times. You have to confess and believe. Believe and confess. There are no other legs to the Christian. We believe, therefore we confess. And because we confess, we have more faith to believe. Therefore, I confess for greater promises ahead of me. Now, it's very important that you understand the walking of the overcomer. Because... Some of you guys are procrastinating these gifts, these blessings that the Lord has been poured upon you. One of the ways we do to respond God appropriately is giving God first place. When we give God first place in our time, like you're doing tonight, the next few minutes we're gonna go in our knees and gonna present the ear to the Lord you are appropriating more than any good wishes and good tidings and good desires upon you you are appropriating of the promises of God another way is when we give God the first in our finances we call it first fruit to talk about first fruit in the following weeks but the first fruit is a it's a powerful seed that you give God first above anybody else anyone else in the next year I personally in my first fruit I usually give God what I want to give as a tithing for the rest of the year. Even though it's not my tithing at this time. Joel chapter 2 verse 25. And that's how we're going to end my preaching. And after that, I want you to gather together with your family. Joel chapter 2 verse 25. The Lord says, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten. The hopper, the destroyer. The cutter, my great army, which I send among you. The Lord 
will restore your time. Where you are, gather your family around you right now. You feel free to kneel before the Lord. Feel free to just take your personal time before God in the next few seconds. Maybe you want to hug everybody in your family. And it's time for us as prophets to declare the ears that were stolen, the ears that were eaten, the Lord will restore you.